It's the Staley Bridge Celtic Lockdown Podcast, sponsored by Olds Beer and More and the Celtic Beer Hut. Aha! Stay tuned for more. We're here for the fourth episode of the Stave Celtic Lockdown Podcast, and we're here with former winger uh, Mitch Austin. So I'd just like to welcome Mitch onto the podcast. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about Mitch's career, focus more on Celtic, and then what Mitch is up to now at the moment. I'm also glad to announce that the Celtic podcast is now sponsored by uh, Sean Bishop and Ella Bishop uh, with their companies Alls Beer and More, which is a new uh, bottle shop that's going to be opening in Staley Bridge, and the Celtic Beer Hut, which you will have seen on the Balfold terraces. Uh, if you can go and give them a follow on their socials, their social medias have just been set up for Alls Beer Hut and More. Uh, their Instagram is Old Beer and More, and so is their Facebook and on Twitter. That it is Old Beer, so go give them a follow. Um, so Mitch, you you were one one of few Australians to play for Stanley with Celtic. Um, your career started at Rotherham in England. Um, just tell me a bit about how it came about that you you ended up at Rotherham uh, before you signed for Stanley Bridge. Um, basically just came over on a tour when I was, uh, I was 15, 16. I just sort of left school. Uh, and yeah, joined, I was at Manly United in Australia. So we had like a sort of a UK tour, uh, organized to kind of go around a few different clubs and play some games. Um, and cause I was English, had an English passport, uh, and we had family and stuff here. My mum wanted to kind of do an extra week and see the family and, uh, I kind of randomly uh, we played Rotherham on a sort of a, a you know a friendly game, uh, and they invited me to kind of train uh, for an extra week, uh, which sort of worked out well with his staying back. So yeah, I trained with him for a week, and yeah, they were quite quite impressed. So I kind of said to him I had to go back and finish my. Uh, I still had I think it was three or two terms left of school, um, so I finished that off, and then. Flew back over and uh, yeah, trained with them again. And they said they wanted to to sign me on a on a, it was a two two three year contract at the time. So yeah, I did uh, did two years in the in the youth team there um, with a with a short stint in uh, Sweden on loan um, before coming back. I think it was around Christmas time. I'm not 100 percent sure on the date, but yeah, I uh, I joined uh, Staley Bridge Celtic then. So you joined Staley Bridge for. For some people that might not know uh, and might not have seen you play, just describe yourself, what sort of player you are. You, obviously, you're a winger, but what sort of winger are you? Um, I think well, yeah, I think I was quick. That was kind of what I think I've been known throughout most of my career as just being quick. But you know, I like to think I have other aspects of my game. Uh, you know, I think my crossing ability has always been one of my uh, you know strengths, I think. Um, you know, and I tend to sort of chipping with a few goals uh, each season as well. But um, yeah, I think I'm a player that likes to get in behind and sort of, you know, get in behind the defence and play the the early balls in behind for the for the strikers. So you spent just under three years at Staley Bridge. Um, you played 85 games, scored 13 goals. Uh, just... Explain to us a bit about how it came about that you signed there. Was it because we were full time, and uh, uh, and how, how did you find settling into non-league after being at Rotherham? Yeah, I think I think that was sort of, sort of one of the main draws. I think, like I say, I was I think I was twenty twenty maybe at the time twenty one. Um, so yeah, obviously I wanted to keep. I was still young enough to wanting to keep playing full time. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a major draw card of uh, of going there, and I'm not 100 percent sure who I I met. I messaged someone. I, I can't remember whether it was Tim Ryan or I, I got someone's number at the club. Um, and sorry, it was Alan Alan Keeling at the time. Uh, so originally, I came down and trained with the I think it was the sort of the reserves at the time. Um, before yeah, Jim Harvey. Um, I think we might have played a game or something against the first team and. He uh, yeah, he said to me like you can you know come and tra- train with us full time now. So yeah, that's kind of where it uh, where it started really. So you you signed for Stanley Bridge um, and you played there full time. 
what was it? I, I think when I look back at the records, it, you struggled to get game time at first. How did you find it uh, breaking into the, the first team eventually? Yeah, I think the first, I think I joined around Christmas time. So I joined sort of halfway through the season, the first season. So I, I found it, I think it was more just, a, you know, transitioning into into the team. I think they, it was quite a lot of players that were older than me and obviously played at that, that level, I think, a bit longer. So I think it was more just sort of proving myself that I, you know, I was kind of up to playing it at the sort of conference north level at the time. Um, you know, proving to the to the coaches I was good enough. I think at that level, it's always about kind of, you know, getting trust off the coaches that they can, you know, play you. I think when you come from sort of youth team reserve level at football league, it, it doesn't really matter about results and things like that. It's just on kind of performance. But you know, at that level, it's all about you know winning games. So you got to get the trust of the coaches. So I feel like yeah, as, as the first season went along, I think I just sort of mainly came on as a as an impact sub. Um, and then following into the second season, I sort of was kind of, you know, in and out of the team. I think the second part of the season, I started to start a few more games. Um, and then it was sort of my third season there, really, where I, I think I pretty much started about 40, 40 odd games, I think, in the in my third season. So that's where I really broke into the team. Yeah, um, when I was looking back through it, um, it was uh, in your last season before you left, uh, the team was sort of written off in January, February time to be relegated. And if you look back, the, that was sort of when you hit your best form after that. I think you scored six or seven goals in the next 10 to 15 games and we ended up staying up. Um, what, if you had to pick a highlight from your Spurs Celtic career, what would, you, what would you say it was? Uh, I'd say probably that third season. I think I, think I enjoyed my football the most. I mean, although we didn't, probably do as well as what we wanted to do. Um, I think uh, Jim Harvey at the time brought in quite a lot of sort of young young players. Um, and obviously we were coming up against a lot of, you know, elder experienced players week in, week out. So I think as a, the ladder of the season went on, I think we kind of, you know, gelled as a team and, you know, we sort of got used to the league, what to expect. And because I so say a lot of the players came from, you know, Liverpool and academies and, you know, we're coming into this league and it's, you know, it was a conference north to to sort of Premier League academy and that sort of thing. It's a it's a different different uh, style of football, so it takes a while to to get used to it. But um, yeah, I think for me, maybe those last sort of ten fifteen games, I think I, you know, I, re- I felt the fittest and and probably strongest I was. I think the full time sort of training and gym training and all that sort of stuff allowed me to kind of kick on in the you know the second part of the season, which I think you know really improved my game. Uh, before we move on to when you left Staley Bridge, um, you, you mentioned when you signed for Rotherham, you you only came over to to see family originally. When when you signed for Rotherham in the end after finishing school, did you come over back over by yourself uh, without family? Yeah, I came on my own, so that that was quite a quite an eye opener. I mean, to be honest, since then I've sort of you know done done most things on my own since then. Um, which I think it's sort of, you know, grounded me as a person and made me grow up, um, you know, pretty quickly because we were put into sort of a digs with a, you know, with a family I didn't know. And, you know, I think obviously coming from the other side of the world, being so comfortable in Australia and coming back here with not really any family, it was, uh, it was a bit difficult at first. But, yeah, I think, you know, when you're a kid, you kind of have an option of, you know, continuing. I still had another sort of two years of school left to do. So it was kind of like, you know, do you want to go and play, you know, football full time and, and train full time, or do you want to finish and do your, you know, your, your last two years of school? So I think at that age, it's like, well, you know, definitely going to be doing, you know, football because yeah, yeah. that's sort of all you want to do, really. So um, I think, yeah, I think the first couple of weeks I was a bit, you know, bit home homesick a bit, but you know, I, I knew I was kind of there because I wanted to, you know, improve as a as a player. And in Australia, we kind of didn't have that full time training aspect and things. It was sort of, you know, train a couple of nights a week, you know, that was kind of the elite level out there. So to cut, sort of come here and be able to train every day, um, I knew I needed to do that to, you know, to, to become a professional uh, player. So, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely worth it. And um, I think it kind of gave me sort of the, the career of, you know, playing football for as long as I have so far. So... You come towards you come to the end of your service out of career. Um, like I mentioned 
before you, that was probably the best period uh, before you left. How did you end up going from Conference North to then it come about that you signed for Cambridge? Um, it was kind of, a, I think, like I say, the last sort of, you know, 10, 15 games I was, I was doing quite well. And um, it was a, one of the other lads that was there, you know, his agent kind of just got onto me and um, basically was trying, he reckoned I could, pl- could play higher and um, he had a few contacts and things and he knew the, the Cambridge scout and I think he just sort of recommended them to, to come and watch me and I think they'd come a three, three or four games. Um, and he messaged me to say, oh, they're, they're coming to, to, the, to the last game, I think, when we played Halifax. Um, I think we had a man sent off, I think, Callum yeah. Warburton got straight red early doors. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I scored in the game and um, did quite, I think I, I started playing striker, I think, the last couple of games. Yeah, um, so I, yeah I scored, scored a few goals. Um, but yeah, I just remember the, when I did sign for Cambridge, the coach kind of said like, you know, we left after 10 minutes, like after I scored that goal, we said, oh, we, we, we knew we wanted to sign you after that. So, you know, he said they left. Um, so, yeah, so it just sort of came about that, really. I think I think a lot of football's kind of just sort of being in the right place at the right time and kind of having, you know, a lot of it is knowing people in, in the game. And I think I, d- I didn't really know many people. So that, uh, yeah, that, that, that agent sort of helped me out there in terms of moving up the the football pyramid, which uh, yeah, which I appreciated. So you moved to Cambridge, uh, so it's a bit of a way away from Sailorbridge, um, and it, it was it's best to say that it was a bit stop start there, and then you were um, you had three loan spells, I think, as well, going to Lincoln, Brackley, and Southport. Uh, one of the one of the things that stood out when you went out on loan was um, when you went to Lincoln, and Lincoln tried to keep you. Uh, longer and Cambridge took you back and didn't didn't end up giving you opportunities why why did that happen yeah it's a bit of a nightmare really like I said I just I think when I first went there throughout pre-season when I first went to Cambridge you know I played most of the games and then literally the last game we played Norwich uh in a pre-season friendly game and I rolled my ankle in the game so I was out for about two or three weeks which allowed uh, one of the other lads to to obviously start and to be fair to him he, he did well in the first couple of games and ended up sort of keeping his place so I found it a bit difficult you know I was sort of coming off the bench here and there um, but obviously yeah it was a bit hard to sort of establish myself and get a proper chance and then like I say I got a loan move to Lincoln where I was kind of playing at the same level week in week out and it was a you know it was a good club to be at um, and then, yeah, I kind of got recalled after a month and it was like, oh, okay. So I came back and then same thing. It didn't, didn't play. Um, so after, you know, another two months or so, I was kind of like, you know, what's, what's the go here? And uh, they ended up, I think it, it was Brackley. I think I went on loan to, I was, I was just that desperate. I think the transfer window was kind of coming to, to an end and I just wanted to get out and just kind of play. I was sort of sick of just, you know, training. Um, so there was, it was an Australian coach at the time at, at Brackley, funnily enough. So, um, yeah, he took me on loan and I uh, played some games there. And same thing, I got recalled again. And um, I think, uh, yeah, didn't didn't play again. So it was kind of frustrating, really. Um, that kind of sort of summed up my time, really, at, at Cambridge. I just sort of didn't get a, a run of games. And I was, you know, definitely felt I was good enough. But for some reason... I don't know, it just, just didn't happen for me there. So just one of them things. So, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, I, I moved on in the end. Yeah. I mean, it, like you said before, it's about being uh, in the right place at the right time. It's also about having luck as well in football. Isn't it? And when when that that sort of thing happens to you in the last preseason game, you just think, uh, why, why did it happen to me sort of things? How, how, did, how did you cope with that? The, the frustrating time at Cambridge? Yeah, it was difficult, really. I mean, like I said, I didn't really have, you know, many sort of friends there, but luckily I was kind of living in a, it was like a clubhouse. So there was, you know, four or five of the other lads that were in the house. So we're all quite close. Um, so it was just good kind of having them there because you can kind of come home and 
you know, vent your frustration and there's other players sort of going through the same thing as well. Um, so that was kind of a good thing. I wasn't just going home on my own and just sort of sitting there and thinking, yeah. you know, it's sort of end of the world type thing. But um, yeah, like I said, I knew I was good enough to kind of play. So it was just, like I say, it was a matter of just trying to be at the right place at the right time to, to get a bit of luck, um, which I knew I'd get eventually. So yeah, it was just being patient really in the end. So you had, we come to the end of Cambridge and that's when you return back to Australia. Um, what what sort of what sort of caused that move to come after coming over to England to go back to Australia and sign for both marinas? It was just kind of weird, really. I mean, I'd kind of come to the end of my Cambridge career and I was sort of thinking, like, you know, where where do I kind of go from here type thing. Um, and, yeah, I just, the A-League was quite, getting quite big, you know, and, you know, they're playing good stadiums and, you know, they had quite a lot of top players. From, from when I left anyway, it, it wasn't as big, but over the last sort of five, six years at the time, it, it just kind of got bigger each year. Um so, yeah, I mean, to be honest, at the end of the Cambridge, I was close to kind of just, you know, sort of I kind of lost interest a bit in playing because I was just a bit frustrated. So I was tempted to kind of just look at something else. But uh, kind of same thing. I had an agent kind of message me on, on Facebook, kind of say, oh, would you be interested in, you know, maybe playing in the A-League? And it was just something I never kind of, I've been so sort of focused on kind of playing in England and sort of trying to make it there that I never really thought about playing in the A-League. So... I was kind of sat in my room and it was, you know, hammering down with rain outside or sort of end of the season. I kind of thought, yeah, to be fair, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually mind giving it a go and seeing if, you know, if something could happen. And uh, I kind of ended up just sort of selling all my stuff and uh, I booked a flight back without even telling my parents or anyone and kind of just rocked up at the house, not being there for about six years. And everyone was a bit, a bit surprised. I think mum was uh, crying and everything when I got back. Um, so yeah, so it was. I think second day I got there, the Central Coast uh, manager just just messaged me saying, "Oh, you're back in Australia," because um, I made a bit of a highlights video to kind of send to them, and um, I, I wasn't expecting to kind of. I thought maybe I'd have to go and sort of train or something because I don't think they knew too much about me sort of over in the UK. So um, yeah, I met him for a coffee, and um, yeah, he kind of messaged me the next day saying he wanted to sign me and I was like oh okay like a bit amazed to be honest so uh, yeah I signed a signed a two-year contract there and um yeah it was kind of just funnily enough sort of the best best football I think I'd played while I was there so um just one of them things it was just sort of being in the right right place at the right time and a manager I guess at the time took a chance on me and but it's kind of the same thing you know I signed there and I kind of played all the way up through preseason as kind of they wanted me to sort of be an impact sub similar thing. Um, but the guy, I think it was about a week before the first game of the season, the guy that was playing on the wing uh, actually got did his hamstring. So, yeah, I kind of got my chance in the first game and uh, got got man of the match and kind of kept my place for the whole whole season then. Yeah, and you, you played regular football at Central Coast. Um, and... I, I remember looking, keeping an eye on it, and you, you was impressing. But you come to the second year and you terminate your contract uh, and go to Melbourne Victory. Did you did you terminate your contract just so you could go to uh, Melbourne? Uh yeah, pretty much. Like I said, I had another year left, but um, it was kind of it was sort of the first time in my career, I think, where I'd had a lot of clubs like wanting to sign me, and kind of never had that sort of interested me before from you know I think I had a choice of pretty much every club in the league kind of that were trying to sign me at the time um, and Melbourne Victory was pretty much the biggest biggest club in the country and you know that you know they sort of average 25 to 30,000 every every game at Amy Park so um, yeah it was a massive club and something I felt like I, I kind of deserved to to give it a go after you know the se season I had um, so yeah, I mean it was a bit, bit difficult in terms of trying to get there, but you know uh, I was sort of, you know, determined to to make it work, and and it was a bit hard with in terms of they don't do transfer fees and things like that in in the A League. It's you know you either come off contract to move team or they do sort of a, a player swap type thing. So 
uh, in the end, the, the two clubs agreed a, a player swap for me, uh, me and someone else. Um, so yeah, so eventually, yeah, I got there on a two-year contract. So yeah, it was I was yeah, really happy at the time. So you signed for the biggest club in Australia uh, at the time, and then let's say you have one of your highlights uh, there where you picked up a man of the match in a pre-season friendly against uh, Juventus. Um, what was that like? Yeah, it was, like I say, it was, uh, I think, well, even one of the draw cards, but I knew I think it was uh, the International Champions Cup or something, I think it was called. Yeah. Um, so we had like, I think yeah, it was Juventus, Tottenham and Atletico Madrid came out uh, and, and we were we were in the competition as well. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of signed and we sort of, I think once I signed, it was like, you know, the first game was Juventus in like two weeks and I was like, oh, flipping heck. Like, I think all the lads were a bit like, you know, two weeks to kind of get ready to to play them. So, but it was kind of good because we got there first, you know, first day of pre-season and we're kind of straight into the football side of things and getting the tactics right. So I think the, the, the coach at the time obviously wanted us to give a good account for ourselves against, you know, a, a world-class team. Um, so, yeah, I do. I think I've, I've worked hard over pre-season and made sure I was, you know, I was fit. So, you know, it came to obviously starting against Juventus and I kind of got told, look, everyone's just going to sort of get half a game each, that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I ended up playing the full 90 minutes. So I was absolutely knackered after it. But yeah, just a sort of, a, it was kind of a reward, I think, for sort of my hard work over the years and kind of, you know, nearly sort of throwing the towel in it at times. And I was kind of, you know, like I say, lining up against, you know, world-class players who were there at the time. Um, yeah, I was, I was quite proud and it was a, you know, to, to get man of the match as well was something I never thought um, that I'd ever sort of achieve, you know, in my lifetime. So it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a really good night. Um, it was a good memory for myself and my family as well. Did you get any mementos from the game? Sorry? Did you get any mementos from the game? Uh, what do you mean? As in like a... <sighs> Or anything like that. Yeah, I got uh, I got like a trophy um, that says uh, it's got the Audi Cup and it's got uh, Melbourne Victory versus Juventus uh, Man of the Match with my with my name on it. So I've got that uh, in the the trophy cabinet at home. So it's nice to look at uh, from time to time. Um, so you you spent. Up until 2018 at Melbourne Victory, how would you say your time was there? Um, like I said, I think I think I started the first nine or ten games. I think while I was there, um, I start I started off really well. I mean, the first I think I was four goals in the first six league games or something like that. I was I was doing doing really well, and then a similar thing. I did my ankle again, and I was out for a couple of well, I think a month and a half. Um, which allowed someone else to come in, and and then once once I obviously got back, it was kind of, you know, the other player was he was a, you know, one one of our visa international players because I did quite well to keep him sort of out of the team at the start because he'd been one of the main you know wingers for for most of the time and uh, in the A League you, you have five foreign players per each team and generally the five foreign players usually play every game so to keep him out you know, for the first sort of 10 games. Um, I knew I'd, I was doing quite well. So, but he was a top top class player. So I knew it was going to be difficult to obviously keep him out for, for a long period of time. And obviously when I got injured, that allowed him to get back in and and he sort of played uh, most of sort of the second part. I mean, I started probably maybe a quarter of the, the remaining games and I was sort of coming on as a sub. Um, but I'd say the first, we got to the grand final. Um Whereas unfortunately we we uh, we lost. I think there's there's about sixty thousand or something there at, at that game. So um, yeah, it was disappointing. I, I didn't get to get uh, to get on. Um, but uh, yeah, it was obviously it was a, it was a good experience, and I, I felt like my first season for you know such a such a big club. It was a it was a, it was a positive start. So after that, you then have. Spell at Newcastle Jets and Sydney FC. Uh, how were they? Um, bit uh, like I said, I'd, I'd, I'd done my cruciate uh, second season at Melbourne, 
Um, so I missed a lot of the, the sort of the season there. And then uh, coming back, uh, obviously I'd signed, signed for Newcastle. So I was kind of just finding my feet again after a, a lengthy layoff. Um, and yeah, it was a bit of a, bit of a stranger. Like I said, the, the coach there kind of had been wanting to sign me for, for a long time. Um, and I finally got there and then he kind of, don't know, he sort of envisioned me playing more of a sort of a, a central type role, whereas I was just more of an out and out winger. That was more my, my position and where I felt I did the most damage. And yeah, he kind of more wanted me to, to play inside and be more of a, a central kind of midfield sort of role. And yeah, just, I didn't really take to it. I, you know, I gave it my best sort of thing, but it just, it was a bit frustrating because, you know, whenever I did play on the wing, you know, I, I always played my, my best football. Um, and yeah, it just kind of got to a, got to a point uh, around sort of Christmas time where I thought I need to, I need to try and uh, get a change here and maybe try and find somewhere where I can get some, get some minutes. Um, but I had a couple of clubs Um it was either Brisbane Roar or sort of Sydney FC, which was the team I sort of supported as a I was as I was growing up. Um, but I mean, there was only kind of five months left of the season, and it was going to be difficult for me to to my best option would have been to go to Brisbane and, and properly play. But um, it was like it's, it's another state, and I thought it's going to be difficult in terms of having to move again. And you know, it was it was just easier to be honest at the time to to finish out at Sydney FC for the, for the rest of the season. But I knew it was going to be difficult because, you know, the top top of the league and the players they had there. And he wanted me to play as a, as a striker um, at the time as well. So, um, yeah, I kind of got there and didn't play as, as much as I would have liked. But, I mean, we're in the Asian Champions League and, you know, I got a couple of games in that, which was kind of what I wanted to do. So, you know, we got to travel to China. Um, we played against... You know, Shanghai SIPG. Um, we had like Hulk, Oscar, like you know. I think their front their front three was worth about 150 million pound a season type thing. So, you know, going going there and, and sort of playing against them, and you know, we, we drew two two there. So, um, yeah, it was good. And you know, we had had some good players in the team. Say so we had Adam Lafondra up front, um, who. He was actually one of our main players while I was at Rotherham when I was in the youth team. So, you know, so a player I sort of looked up to. So it was kind of a bit of a full circle to then eventually sort of play a game with him up top was kind of a, a, a nice thing uh, after a long time to do. Um, yeah, they had some good players. Sim Deong from, from Ajax was there on loan. You know, he'd been the Ajax captain for, you know, three or four years. So it was good to kind of learn, learn off them. And, and to be honest, I was sort of learning, learning a new position. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good experience, but obviously I, w- I would have liked to have, have played a lot more, but, you know, it was a sort of a privilege to play for Sydney FC, which um, was the team I supported as I, as I grew up. So to, to actually pull on the shirt was, was quite a, quite a special, uh, special feeling in the end. Um, before we move on to your next club, um, you know, I had it's had a, a lovely spell in Australia and you mentioned about the Juventus game and stuff like that. What uh, are there any other happy memories you have from the time? Because obviously you're playing in, in the main league uh, in Australia and playing in, in front of a lot of fans. You you have me- memories from there? Yeah, it was it was great. Like I say, the the stadiums, you know, you're playing in sort of like I always say to my friends who say, you know, what's it like sort of the A League standard and I feel like it's the coverage and everything you get, like it's like Premier League coverage from like, you know, every game's on TV, um, you know, all the analysis and things they do out there on, on the games. And, you know, they have have a, have a show on it called The Round Table where they dissect all players and the games and um, everything's sort of run like it's broadcasted, like it's a Premier League sort of league. Um, and like I say, the stadiums, the pitches, I think that was one of the reasons why I did quite well. Cause like I say the pitches are, are like carpet. Um, it was a different sort of style of football in terms of everything was kind of on the deck and, you know, it was a lot more tactical in that sort of sense. Whereas I think obviously, you, you know, the, the English football is a lot more direct and, and physical. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I had some, some really good memories um, uh, from, 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 uh, from a time there and, uh, like I said, I think in the future I'm hoping to to go back at 
at some point. Um, I think I'm going to, like I said, I think next season I'm going to try and sort of club out in the UK to get get some games again uh, going forward. And yeah, hopefully in the future I can get back to the A-League at some point, which would be good to finish my career off. Yeah. Um, so how, how does it come about after having such a good spell in Australia that you end up signing in Scotland for Basic Thistle? Um, like I said, it was through my agent, really. Um, basically, I was going to sign for uh, Perth Glory. I was I was in Perth, um, training training with them, pretty close to to signing with them. Um, and they're actually they were having a, a friendly against Man United that I was quite uh, quite looking forward to hopefully playing in. Um, but yeah, just I think the fact I'd kind of been in the A League for, like I say, about I was going on my fifth or sixth this season. And I kind of wanted to, wanted a bit of a change. It sort of came about out of nowhere, really. Um, as a player, Kenny Miller, um, one of Scotland's yeah. best players, uh, he he was there, and I spoke to him and and the coach. Um, and yeah, they kind of sort of ticked all the boxes in terms of uh, you know the sort of way that way they wanted to play. And I watched some of the videos, and because I thought Scotland was just kind of you know, direct and long ball. But after watching quite a, quite a few of the games, you know, I actually realised that they do, you know, play out from the back and um, he sort of wanted me to, to play how it sort of played out here in the A-League. Um, so, yeah, so I just kind of thought, you know, why not? I thought it was a, an experience where I'd get to kind of travel and I sort of had this vision of wanting to do a proper European uh sort of European trip in terms of wanting to travel in Europe again, which I'd not properly done. Um, so yeah, I thought it'd be a good experience, you know, get to play in Scotland for, for a season and and I'd get to sort of travel travel around Europe. So that was that was kind of the plan really. And um, yeah, it kind of didn't work out as well as I wanted to, as I, I picked up a bit of a knock on my knee when I, when I got there first and the coach who had, uh, had signed me um, basically had, gotten sacked uh before before i even got to play a game after a couple of months um so the new coach that came in basically said to me oh look like you know you can you can go back to australia um so i was like look you know i've, I've moved all the way over here type thing I, you know i'm not just going to go back and i've just got, got back fit from from my injury and stuff and yeah he basically told me look like you know you're not, you're not going to play so it was that was it was, it was really hard to take because you know i was more than more than good enough to, to play there, but uh, I think this new coach kind of didn't want any of the players that the old guy signed, uh, the previous coach signed. Um, so it was kind of something I just had to sort of sort of deal with, really. But I, you know, I didn't have enough time to kind of sort of move out to get to get back to Australia before sort of the window closed, and it was a bit of a nightmare, really. So I sort of just had to bide, bide my time, and I played a few of the friendly games they organised, and I, I did well. But I kind of knew I knew what the what the what the case was, um, and then obviously COVID sort of hit around sort of end of February time or whatever, and and then we kind of got put on hold really um, with everything, and sort of didn't know what what was happening really. Um, I uh, sort of ca- cancelled my contract to to fly back, so I thought this isn't it's not looking good with this, and uh, I've basically couldn't couldn't get a flight back. Um, so I've sort of been stuck in the in the UK sort of ever since that really, and um, even now it's you know it's a it's a nightmare to get back. I think we're, what are we we're a year a year into lockdown now and um, yeah. sort of still here. But I think like I say, I think my pl- my plans have kind of changed now, and um, like I said, I want to do a, a season in the UK, and because I've just been a bit hit and miss with a few injuries over the last few seasons. So you know, I just want to get my body uh, my body a hundred percent. And yeah, get get sort of cracking next season. I'm not sure what's happening with sort of the I think the Staley Bridge League and everything's sort of been put on hold and everything now, haven't they? I just seen I think there's a conference yeah. north and south have just been, you know, made null and void as well. So yeah, it's a bit of a just crazy times really. I I think everyone just kinda needs to just like I say, get this season and you know, get these next few months out of the way and hopefully things kinda go back to normal for everyone. Yeah, I mean it's good to good to hear. I mean, when you talk about your plans for coming up, um, have you have you fully recovered now, and and have you got anything lined up possibly for 
for in the future or as you just seen what comes about when yeah, I've um, I'm I'm getting a, like a sort of minor surgery on my knee. I, I think my problem was I just I tried to kind of put it off and do the sort of uh, the non-surgery option of just trying to uh, you know rehab it with gym stuff and that, and um, it's kind of just kept flaring back up really, and it's got to the point where I've nearly pretty much missed most of this season now, trying to just do the shortcut basically to get back quickly and. I just kind of said to myself a few weeks ago, look, I need to just do it the right way. You know, it's going to take longer, but, you know, I'd rather just get it right and then focus on kind of, you know, getting my body 100% um, and then sorting the club for next season. But I have I had quite a few sort of options. You know, I had an option in, in League One that, you know, I could have possibly gone to, but which has it's been frustrating because I've had options, but like I say, my... My knees kind of just uh, let me down the last last few months, um, but it's part it's partly myself to blame because I should have just I should have got it sorted in the in the summer really, and you know I would have been fine. But the fact of kind of you know let it let it go on for so long and you know tried to put surgery off it, um, I know I would have been back you know quite a few months ago. So yeah, it's a lesson lesson learned really. So I'm just going to get it done and get the rehab and focus on uh you know pre-season in in july and be 100 percent and ready to go wherever that's going to be it's good to see and we'll, we'll, i look forward to seeing that um before we go back to your time on stay bridge um we just talked a bit off off football well sort of off football you're um, off the pitch you're quite well known in the sort of esports uh section and in football in fifa and i think you've I've seen you on Call of Duty as well, sort of stuff like that. Yeah. Partnered with Twitch. is is that a hobby that you you're looking to pursue, continue pursuing, and and then after the after your career as well? Yeah, definitely something I just sort of enjoy kind of doing in my in my spare time. Um, but like I say, well, I got properly got into it when I did my knee in Melbourne the first time. Um, I played for like the they had like a equivalent of the A-League. It was an E-League. Um, so you, we, we all flew up to, to Sydney and there was a studio there where we, where we played on a, on a Thursday night. Um, so basically, yeah, the club sort of said to me, because they knew I was quite well-known in sort of the FIFA community out there in Australia, they kind of asked me to play and see if we could uh, find, find someone else to kind of you know, join with me as a, as a teammate. Um, so yeah, it went uh, it went well. I think they kind of liked the aspect of having a, an A League player kind of compete in the in the A League at the time as well. Um, so which you know was a bit of a, a bit of a draw card kind of thing for the the E League. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was just a different experience, you know. Kind of you don't sort of realise the sort of pressure you're under when you when you're there playing, um, you know, with the you know camera and lights in a, in a proper studio and. Um, you know, I was playing against like sort of professional FIFA players that, you know, a lot of them are sort of full-time and get paid for it. So, you know, I had a bit of a sketchy start where I lost a few at the start, but um, I did one, I think I won two or three games, uh, sort of the back end of the, of the season, um, which uh, which was good and I was quite surprised about. But um, yeah, it was uh, something I enjoyed and I sort of got into sort of streaming it on Twitch kind of after that. Um, and I've sort of progress with it but it's, it's kind of one of them things you've, you've got to sort of do it on a re- regular regular basis and I think a lot of my viewers were kind of in uh, in Australia type thing so it's uh, it's been a bit difficult moving to to the UK with the, the time zone transition so I've had to try and uh, try to find a bit of a, a UK uh, viewer base and things which has been good and it's kind of just talking to talking to different people and football fans and um, yeah, it's something, something I enjoy. And I think uh, down the line, once I, once I finish playing, um, I'll definitely, whether, whether I try to do it on a full-time basis or not, I'll something I'll keep on doing um, just, just as a, as a hobby for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're not talking about Mitch Austin retiring anytime soon, but have you got any plans for, for, what you're going to do? I don't know. Some people go into coaching and stuff like that, or have you not thought about that yet? No, I, I, to be honest, I definitely want to go into kind of some form of esports kind of thing. Um, I've, I've spoke to a few people over here in terms of uh, 
uh, getting involved in the, in the esports uh, side of things. Um, so, I, like I said, I met the good thing about that e league thing. I made, I made a lot of sort of contacts through there um, in terms of you know diff- different companies and and things like that. So, I definitely like to get involved in whether it's you know sort of a mar- marketing aspect in in esports or um, you know. So something along those those kind of lines, I think. But um, yeah, it's, it's something I'm definitely kind of looking at um, over the over sort of the, the next few years. And my sister's quite, uh, you know, sort of well known in that aspect, having because she worked at uh, EA Sports for a number of years as well. So we're both kind of you know we both kind of hosted the the E League at uh, I think last year as well. So. Some, something like that maybe uh, I'd maybe look at doing and, and the E-League's kind of getting bigger and bigger. So I'll definitely, once I go back, um, I'll get back into, you know, hosting and, uh, you know, doing all that kind of thing on the, on the E-League, which I quite enjoyed. So we'll see. It's one of, one of them things, uh, you know, you kind of just sort of take it, take it as it comes. I think I've had a lot of mates that have kind of tried to plan for the future and, you know, it's, difficult when you don't sort of know what sort of country you're going to be in and you just it's, it's hard it's hard to plan but um yeah so i'm just going to just take take it as it comes really and and see how it plays out so uh we'll go back onto your time at Stanley bridge um do you have any sort of memories or stories from your time there being there full time um, I think one of the best parts. I think we played. We played Manchester United uh, in a friendly. It was a bit of a random sort of friendly game dur- during the week during one of the seasons, uh, which uh, which I played in, and I was, we beat them two one. Um, I scored a goal, um, and they, they had some pretty good. I think like Jesse Lingard played. I think Fletcher played. You know, Michael Keane played. Like there was there was a lot of you know talented uh, talented players that uh, were on the park and. You know, I, I think especially that second half, from what I can remember, we you know we kind of played played them off the park. Um, especially one of my good mates, still Greg uh, Wilkinson, he was one of one of the best players that night. Um, so yeah, it was a uh, yeah that, that was definitely a you know a, a good memory at the time, and obviously going forward to see so many of them players you know establish themselves as sort of England internationals and and that sort of thing. That was a that was a sort of a good memory uh, looking back and. I think it was a good result for for Staley Bridge that night as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've sort of spoke to you uh, a bit over the last year or so. Uh, I remember meeting you and Greg and Andy McWilliams in Manchester one time. We we bumped into you. <laughs> yeah. Um, do, do you keep in touch with uh, many of your friends from Staley Bridge? Yeah, I mean, Greg, Greg and Andy Mack are probably two of my best mates to be fair, uh, especially in England, you know, we're, we're in a, a what we've got our own WhatsApp chat or whatever. So we're, you know, we're messaging all the time. Um, and yeah, like I say, it's probably two of the guys I missed, I think the most when I, when I went back to Australia. So, you know, when I, when I came back to Scotland, uh, I think it was only, <laughs> it's only a month or so of being in the country when they both came up to, to Scotland. Uh, when we, we played Celtic, I think it was in a, in a Scottish Cup game, so they came to the game, uh, and yeah, we went out after that. So it was a uh, yeah, it was just been good to you know still have some some friends here, but uh, yeah, especially them two are you know two of my closest mates, which uh, you know we've got some good memories from from the Staley Bridge days, and I think uh, like I said, I think that night when we when we met met you guys there that time, it was good to kind of reminisce on on the old times of the Staley Bridge days. Because um, for me, that yeah, there's some of you know my best memories I think of being at Staley Bridge for those three years and sort of living in Manchester and and that I uh, yeah I really enjoyed it. So speaking more about your teammates in Staley Bridge um, as well, I'll ask you a, a couple of questions. Um, so firstly, who was the best player you played with at Staley Bridge? Um, it's a tough one. Uh, I'll just say Greg because he's your mate. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think talent-wise, I think uh, probably I think Adam Pepper. I think in my third season when he came, technically he was he was I think one of the first players I had where I could kind of sort of make runs in behind and he could 
he could find a pass. Um, I did enjoy playing with him. Um, but yeah, like I say, obviously, yeah, Wil- Wilco was a was a top player back then in, in his in his prime days. Um, and yeah, I uh, I enjoyed playing with Andy Mack as well on the on the left. We had a bit of a bit of a good uh, you know partnership uh, down there until he until he uh, joined the dark side and went across to to Geisley, I think it was. Um, uh, I still remember scoring against him. Absolutely, uh, put the shoulder into him on one of the one of the goals I scored. I, th- I think we drew I drew our one against Geisley. So, um, but yeah, there was uh, yeah there was there was some good players uh, throughout throughout my time there. And yeah, Phil Marshall was another top player as well. He, he scored consistently, uh, you know, at that level for for Staley Bridge. He was a, he was another top player as well. Yeah, uh, there's always that goal as well that Greg always talks about, where you flip it up for him, it's on the volley. But it's referred to him with a good goal. Yeah, it was it was a top goal. Of you know, still hear about it today. Just never let that one go. But um, yeah, that was uh, that that was some strike. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying, trying to think who we played in that game. That was uh, I think it was a, I think it was a four four one win. I think it was one one of them games. I think it was the second season when we were we just sort of bottled the uh, the top the was it the top top four? I think it was for the, for the playoffs or whatever. I think we missed yeah. out on a point that season, didn't we? Which was uh, a bit disappointing. After we were uh, we were top, I think, for quite a fair bit of the time. But uh, yeah. yeah, looking back, that was uh, that's that probably one of the best goals I think I've seen at, at Staley Bridge from from Greg. So I'll I'll give him that. Yeah, uh, who's the best players that you've played with in your career in, in general so far? Um, Luis Garcia. At, Central Coast when he came out, he was, I mean, he was 36 or 37. Like he couldn't run, but he just played in that number 10 role and just floated around. And I, he'd just find you with, you know, you'd make runs thinking, nice, you know, never going to get that there, but he'd like, he'd find you. And uh, some, some of the goals he scored as well while he was there um, was, you know, he was only there for a sort of a short, short period of time. But I think just, Obviously, at the time when I was at Central Coast, we were we were struggling a lot. So I think just having him come in kind of just boosted the the entire team. I think really having someone that had sort of won the Champions League and played for you know Barcelona with you know top class players and you know played with Ronaldinho is like one of my idols growing up. So even you know just having him talk about him and you know lining up in the sort of same team uh, as him was uh, you know was was good and. Um, yeah, it was a yeah, it was a yeah privilege to to play with him. At sort of, and it was the back end of his career, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So uh, again, with being full time, is probably easier than someone that's uh, around at Stanley Bridge now. But who was the worst dressed player that, that used to turn up at Stanley Bridge? Worst dressed? Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm going to have to say Callum Callum Warburton. It's a a big statement and he'll probably absolutely snap me in two if he if he watches this <laughs> but um no nah, he was uh, he was a top lad and he was a top top player as well I thought in uh, in midfield he was one of those hard battling players that uh, you always kind of wanted uh, on your team and, and not playing against him but uh yeah I, <clears throat> I do remember some of the lads uh giving him a bit of stick for his gear definitely yeah, he was a good player good player just Unfortunate with his injuries, I think. Uh, that, that, that yeah, I, d- I did see that. I think he was his Achilles or something, didn't he? That sort of uh, yeah. he, sh- he struggled after that. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure whether he's still playing around at all. But um, no, I just, yeah, wish wish him all the best. Uh, and then the funniest player that you've, you you had at your time there. Funniest player, um, Christian Platt. I think was one of the. One of the funniest, I think. There's, there's, there's a few, a couple of the scousers uh, we had there at the time, but uh, yeah, Christian, uh, Christian used to make me laugh a lot. Yeah, he was a good guy. Yeah, uh, finally, I remember speaking to Greg about this, and he was, he didn't know how I knew, but uh, the question is, was um, if you had to pick a five-a-side team, and I think I remember, I remember hearing about you. Greg and maybe it was Andy as well that had a five-a-side team at Cockney or something like that. <laughs> uh, we did. It was 
Um, I don't even know why we were doing that. Like I say, we were, we were playing Saturday, Tuesday, and then somehow found the energy on a Thursday night to go and play five aside for for Greg's. I think it was some of Greg's mates. Um, but I, I remember us all of us playing in it. A couple of them, I think it was a couple of Staley Bridge fans in it that recognised us, going like, "What the hell's going on here?" Like, but um, no, it was like I said. I think at that age, we just sort of couldn't couldn't get enough of playing and I think we we're sort of early 20s so we could just kind of you know keep keep on playing really if I tried to do that now on a Thursday before a game I'd, oh. Oh, <laughs> I'd be struggling on the Saturday but um, yeah, yeah we, we, had, we had a good five-a-side team there there's a couple of others that I think played sort of non-league as well so um, yeah, it, was a, it was a it was a good evening yeah if you have to pick a dream one that you could have and you don't have to have a goalkeeper if you don't want and you can put yourself in from Staley Bridge players, what what team would you pick? Uh, I'd go Phil Marsh up top. Um, put I'd put myself on the left. Uh, I'd put Wilco Wilco on the right, uh, and then holding as the last man of defence, I'd go Tim Ryan, uh, and then I'd have Jan Butts in uh, yeah, in the net. That'd be my uh, That'd be my dream team. Tim, Tim would be just sweeping up after everyone, uh, and probably uh, probably get a few red cards as well, knowing him. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that sort of brings us to the end of the podcast. I'd like to thank you for coming on. Uh, it's sort of an interesting career for someone we don't really hear about someone going all over the world when they play for Staley Bridge as well. So it's good to hear that sort of stuff, uh, and hopefully we'll see you back on the pitch. Uh, playing next season once COVID's uh, gone so yeah I'd just like to thank you for coming on and I wish you all the best No problem thank you very much and yeah I hope uh, I hope Staley Bridge get back to to playing football at you know some sometime uh, in the future but hopefully yeah, ne- next season looks like when they're going to start back so yeah thanks for thanks for having me on uh, Betsy and yeah wish wish you guys all the best Yeah no problem cheers mate